بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسادر الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجين اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجين In life, we are faced with many, many opportunities. We have opportunities ranging from all different types of interests. And we generally see that the better prepared you are to take advantage of the opportunity, the maximum benefit a person is able to derive. Take an investment, for example. If you know exactly the ins and outs of the deal, if you know exactly how much you have ready to invest, if you know exactly what you're expecting as a return, if you already have planned out what your term and your period is that you're looking to invest for and how soon you'd like the returns, if you've got all of these figures calculated, when the opportunity arises, you don't need time to mess around, to press buttons on the calculator, to ask here and there. You're ready for it. You'll jump on it and you'll pounce on it. Let's come down a little level. When we have the sales, if you already know what you're looking for, you get two types of people. So you get those people who go into the sale. So you've gone into that same sale. Everything's half price. You've walked into the store. And you've literally, you've just thought, oh, this is chaos. Everyone's just going mad. People are just picking random things. So you thought, well, let me just pick a few random things. So you've gone in there, picked a few random things from each rail, one for this child, something for your wife, something for yourself. And you've come back home, and you're probably going to return most of it. And you found it chaotic, and you thought, never again. Whereas you came across somebody else, you went to visit them, and they, oh, did you go to the sale? Yes, I did. Did you find it? Because I, I, yeah, it's chaotic. No, 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 I found everything I wanted. Everything I wanted for myself, for my wife, for my kids, exactly what I wanted, and I've paid half price. What's the difference? The difference is that person, he already knew what he wanted. It was probably already in his online basket, in his shopping basket, all prepared. He knew exactly what he wanted. He'd already decided what he was going to be getting and how much of each item he wanted. He was just waiting for that opportunity to come. When it came, he took advantage of it. You can, you can apply this example to uh, the buying of a car, to buying of a house, <coughs> and many other opportunities that arise. As Muslims, we are faced with a huge, massive opportunity, an annual event that comes year in, year out. There are some people who take maximum benefit and advantage. But unfortunately, most of us don't. And that is the greatest event that we have, annual event, is the holy month of Ramadan. Have we ever heard of a family planning a wedding, but there's no planning involved? So they want to have a wedding. They know it's going to be in August, but they don't prepare for it. Like when it comes, 
15th of, on 15th of August, everything will just fall in place. The groom will arrive, the bride will arrive, the clothing, the food, the guests, everything will just happen. Does that happen? Does anyone do that? Okay, you're going to go away on holiday for two, three weeks. You're going to this lovely place, right? And it's a lifetime opportunity. You might not be able to go ever again. And you're spending so much money. You've booked, you've booked everything. You're going to be traveling in September, for example, 10th of September. Right, let's not, let's not do anything. On 10th of September, okay, just before the flight's going to depart, or when it's departing, we'll start getting everything ready then. You're looking at me thinking you're insane. That's idiotic. Nobody does that. Does anybody do that? Okay, yes, they do. I do that. Sorry, I don't want to be offensive, but you do that. We all do that. Not in regards to worldly matters, we don't. But with Ramadan, every single year, this is what we're doing. That we feel that when Ramadan comes, everything will we'll just we'll be ready for it. And that's what happens. We go into it like a chaos. So yes, we pick up items, random items. Somebody asks you in Ramadan, Oh, what juz are you on the Quran? And you proudly say to them on the second day, I'm on the 10th juz. I did five yesterday, five today. And a week later, and you ask him and he says, I'm only on the second. And that, that, the person feels a, li a little bit, you know, all right, I'm only on the second. A week later, you meet that same person and they ask you, now you're hesitant to tell them. You tell them, I'm on the 11th. And he tells you that, no, it's been two weeks into Ramadan. Uh, you know, I'm on the 14th Jews now. So he's only doing one Jews a day. And you went into it as a chaos, like that person who walked into the supermarket or the department store, just picked up random things. Cause there was no planning involved. He didn't know what he was going into. So it's a very simple rule. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And the holy month of Ramadan, it's the greatest opportunity for us. I mean, what more do we want? Don't we want the forgiveness of Allah? The forgiveness of Allah is so much more easier in Ramadan. Don't we want to earn rewards? Why are we doing all of this? We're doing all of this to earn rewards. I mean, you put less, less effort, less time, and you get more rewards. Exactly what happens in the sale. If you're going to go to a, and shop at a store where you normally buy things from anyway, what you do, you probably wait for the Christmas sale. And you'll buy those same items at half price. Why pay full price when you know that those same items are going to go in sale in two weeks' time? So similarly... Everything that we're trying to do in Ramadan, it just multiplies. We want the love of Allah. It's so much more easier to draw closer to Allah. We want to distance ourselves from Jahannam. It's so much more easier in the month of Ramadan. But unfortunately, we fail to plan. Thus, we plan to fail. And every single year, Ramadan comes, Ramadan goes. Yes, we earn some extra rewards. But that change, that change that we want to see, that revolution we want to see in our lives, that development that should be there, unfortunately we're not seeing. Let's try and make a plan this year, inshallah. And it's not early. This is not early. We're under two months away from Ramadan. You know the Sahaba? They would plan and prepare for Ramadan six months in advance. This is what we learn from the history. Six months before Ramadan, that is when they would start looking forward to it, planning for it, preparing for it. This is extremely late. We're not even five months, four months, or three months, or even two. We're under two months away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in the month of Rajab.
May Allah bless us in the month of Sha'ban and help us to reach the holy month of Ramadan. So we need to prepare. We need to prepare. And in life, there's a very well-established principle. You can apply this everywhere. That for anyone to attain success in any field, a very essential principle is something called gradualism. Gradualism. You can't become Abdul Qadir Jilani overnight. You can't become Rabia Basriya overnight. Yes, there are a selected few individuals. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a system. The Quran tells us, Allahu yajtabi ilayhi man yasha wa yahdi ilayhi man yunib. There are two ways to gain the closeness of Allah. One is some people, Allah pulls them towards him. There are a limited few that from no effort of their own, Allah just inspires them, blesses them, honors them. And overnight, it just happens. It's a miracle. You, you think, what happened to this person? And, and, and there are many stories like this. But this is the exception. And the normal is, Allah guides people towards him who try and become closer to Allah, who make that effort, who strive. And it's a continuous struggle, not just on one day. So throughout the year, we don't do anything at all. And then all of a sudden, first of Ramadan, and we just want to be there. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. Guidance is given to those people who continuously try. You don't have to do loads and loads. It's a matter of being consistent, even if it's a little bit. It's a little bit. And we start from now and we continue. Otherwise, when Ramadan comes, it's going to be so difficult. We'll be in our normal routine. We'll have our bad habits and we'll be lazy. And all of a sudden, just to change. Yes, Ramadan is there. The shaitan is locked up, but we're still ourselves. We are still ourselves. Our habits are still with us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. So we need a self-development program. Every Muslim, every individual, we are all responsible to have some sort of self-development program in our lives. We all need it. I wish there was some sort of facility that you could go and they would train you up for Ramadan. You know, it'd be great. But at the end of the day, we know that there isn't. And every one of us, we are responsible from today onwards, at least if we haven't started. MashaAllah, I know some of you may have already started making preparations for Ramadan. I'm not talking about the samosas, by the way. I'm talking about spiritual preparations. That's also important, okay? Uh, so we have to keep us, well, actually, it's not very healthy. But yeah, you know, yes, you deserve the little treat at the end of the day. But that's, that's already happening, isn't it? Yeah, that's already started happening, hasn't it, in our houses? Yeah? Yeah, we all, we're, everyone's nodding their heads. So that we all know about it. We know that there's preparation to do for Ramadan. It's just not the right preparation that we're doing. So the sisters are busy, mashallah, doing their preparation. Let's get busy as well. And then give them some time to prepare spiritually as well. Tell them, look, I don't want to eat that many samosas this Ramadan. We've been eating samosas all our life and fried food. I'll have any, anything. We'll have simple food this year. Because why is it that the men are able to focus on their Ramadan preparation, but the sisters... From the time they wake up, months before Ramadan, they're in the kitchen. In Ramadan, they are in the kitchen. On the day of Eid, they are in the kitchen. Don't they have an opportunity to focus on their Tarawih? Don't they have? An, and then we, then we look down upon, oh, you don't even read your full Tarawih. You don't even fast properly. You don't even read Quran properly. This is what we say. We, we don't look back and realize we've not given them a chance. We want to rush off to the masjid, fine. But who's going to clean up after you? You've left all the mess there. You've left all the kids there. 
And I remember a couple of years ago, I came across an article where there were individuals who were performing etikaf, which is amazing. But it was all on the back of having, expecting their wives at home to run the house in their absence, to look after the children in their absence, to cook for them whilst they are in the masjid in their absence, and to do all of the other chores, and then fast, read Quran, do dhikr, do their tarawih, do their tahajjud, make their dua, look after the guests that are arriving as well, and then take the kids to school, do their madrasa, all of that. And the scholar had written, just hope that you are not getting cursed by that woman who has got broken knees and broken bones and who is tired at the end of the day and is not even able to complete her fara'id, let alone her sunnah, nawafil, and the tahajjud prayer. Something to think about. Something to think about. Ramadan is not a time to be selfish. Let's think about everybody. Just the men are important, the women are. And a lot of times we sort of sideline this. We don't think about this. So one of the easiest ways to go about this is have a conversation at home and say, look, I don't want these fancy things. If you want to do it, that's fine, but there's no pressure from me. I'm not expecting it because it takes time. It takes a lot of effort. And if we can cut something out, that will allow a much more time for each individual to develop spiritually. I know some of you might not be liking what I'm saying. Okay, your tummy's already rumbling, but this is the true reality. We can't do without these things. Khair. So what we need to do, we need a self-development program. From now till the month of Ramadan, how can we focus? Now, I'm just going to give you a little sort of step-by-step, -step, a five-step plan. Um, this is, if, if you want to take this away with you and apply in any area where you wish to develop, inshallah, this will be effective. So let's go through this together. So we need, we need five things. So number one, we need to find an area of development, number one. Find an area of development in your life, in your spiritual life, where you want to develop, number one. Number two, analyze. Analyze yourself, how you are doing. How am I faring in this particular area? Am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Am I nine out of 10, two out of 10? How am I doing? Do I even realize how important this thing is, or do I not give it its due attention? So that's number two, analyze. Number three is, what is the root cause of my weakness? I have a weakness in this area. The whole reason why I've picked this area is I need to develop. What's the root cause? What is causing these problems? Let's find the cause. And then number four, what's the solution? Think of a solution. And number five is make a realistic plan. Realistic is an important word. Make a realistic plan. There's no point making unrealistic plans. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, we don't end up doing it. Make a realistic plan. So in the few minutes that we have together, let's go through this. And I give you an understanding and an idea of how we can do this. So number one, let's pick an area. I personally feel the area which is probably the most important and we have the weakness in the most is Salah. There's nothing more important than Salah. So let's take Salah as an example. So if we take Salah as an example, now why Salah? Remember, the first thing Allah is going to question me about and you about and all of us about on the Day of Judgment is not about anything else. The first thing Allah is going to ask is about my Salah. How was your Salah? So that's, that's why, it, why it's important. And secondly, it's the Prophet ﷺ has referred to Salah as not just the pillar of Islam. It's such a pillar that whoever establishes this pillar will establish the rest of Islam. 
And if you don't establish your salah properly, then the rest of your Islam will be really messed up according to the hadith of the Prophet And as we know, the Prophet time and time again, when he was asked, which is the, most, the action that's most beloved in the sight of Allah? Salah performed on its time. There's nothing more beloved in the sight of Allah than this. So that's the area. Let's choose this area. Number one, salah. Now, let's analyze ourselves. Let's look at ourselves. How is my salah? I need to ask myself this question. This is our first step on our self-development program in preparation for Ramadan. Um, firstly, do I even have the importance of salah in my life? Do I think salah to be important? Okay, I wake up for work and I understand and I, I need to be at work at 7.30 a.m. I can't be any later than that. Do I have that same importance, that same worry, that same concern? Do I set the alarm for my fajr or my other salah like I do? If we don't, then that is something we need to start working on before we go into anything else. Then, am I regular with my five-time salah? Am I praying Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, Isha? That's another question we need to ask. If not, we know where the problem is. Okay, if I'm praying, am I punctual? Am I praying them on time? Or sometimes, is it becoming Qadha? Sometimes my Isha is Qadha. Sometimes Asr is so. Some of us, we think I pray all of them, but not all of them are being prayed on time. Then we ask ourselves, am I praying all my salah with congregation in jama'ah? Whether it be in the masjid, whether it be in the workplace, or wherever we are, we try and pray together, collectively. Am I doing that with all five? Okay, some of us might be doing that as well. Let's move on. How is my concentration and focus in salah? Do I enjoy my salah? Am I focused in my salah? Am I engaged with my salah? Do I understand what I'm saying in my salah? Do I taste the sweetness of salah? So these are questions we need to be asking. So this is step number two where we say we analyze. So number one was we choose an area. So we've chosen salah. Then we analyze and see how we are doing. Number three, what did we say number three was? The root cause. Ask yourself, why am I having this problem? Say for example, our problem at the moment in salah is um, we're not focused. Right? We've, we've, we've found this We've analyzed and said, I'm not focused in my salah. Now ask, why are you not focused? Why in my salah? Okay, let's, I, I think about my salah and think, well, usually in my salah, I'm thinking about what I was doing before salah or probably what I'm going to do after salah. Okay? So my root cause is, I'm so engaged and engrossed in my activities before salah and I'm not allowing myself enough time and I'm just rushing into my salah so whilst I'm still thinking about what I was doing, I've quickly gone into salah, done my salah and finished, and I'm still thinking about what I was doing. What's the solution? The solution now is to allow yourself a buffer period. Even if it's two minutes, three minutes, that stop what you're doing, come and sit in the masjid or on your musallah, just sit quietly, don't do anything. Just sit there. Even if it's for a minute before you start, just to let your mind switch off from what you were doing. And then you try and remind yourself of what you're about to do. Sayyiduna Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, from the time he would start making his wudu, he would start trembling, shaking, and crying. And people were asking, why are you crying? You're making wudu. Because I've just realized I'm going to be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So just that few, those few seconds will make the world's difference. And then the planning, the plan is... Now do this every single day for every single salah. 
Can we see? So if we have our self-development plan, slowly, slowly, we can pick an area, see how we're doing, analyze and look for any root problems, find a solution and make a realistic plan. You could do this with Quran, you could do this with Dua, you can do this with Sadaqah, you can do this with anything. So now that we're here anyway, before we leave, let us put a plan in place, inshallah. So let's choose an area, Salah. Okay, is everyone with me? Yeah, we're going to start this program off together, inshallah. So the area we've chosen is Salah. Okay, and let's analyze ourselves. How is my Salah? Now everyone's different, but I know we all have one common problem is we're not engaged with our Salah. Our focus concentration is not fully there. What's the root cause? You tell me. Why do you think we're not focused? There's many reasons. Everyone's reason will be different. Why, why do you think we're not focused? It won't, won't always be the same reason. And there's no wrong reason as well. So you're thinking about your other worries in your life. Yeah? Anything else? Why do you feel that you're not focused in your salah? You're not engaged with your salah. Sorry? You're thinking of, of, of other, other things, of, of, of the dunya, of the world. Anything else? So you don't, you, you don't have khushu and you're not focused in your salah. So we're asking, yes, that's the problem, but why? Why? If we don't find out the why, we're not going to be able to remove it. We can't just keep complaining, oh, I don't have focus, I don't have focus. Why don't you have focus? What's the reason? Anything else? Subhanallah. This is, this is very important. We're not engaging with our salah. So imagine you knew what you were saying. Imagine all this time I've, I've sat here and I've talked to you, right? Imagine my talk was in Chinese. All this time. The only reason you're all looking at me now and you're focused because you understand every word I say. Imagine I was talking in a language you didn't understand. 99.9% .9 of you will be sleeping and the ones that would be awake will probably be laughing at me. It, it, it's common sense. We're not one of the reasons we're not engaging with our salah is we don't understand what we're saying. So we need to start understanding our salah. So we're going to pick an area. So let, we, we chose salah. We said... We analyze that our, one of the problems we have with our salah is we're not engaged with it. The root cause is we don't understand right, what we're reading. What's the solution? The solution would be to try to understand what we're reading in our salah. You'll see a world's difference. So I'm going to pick an area of salah which I feel is the most neglected okay, in salah. In the entire salah, we read something somewhere. It's one area where we don't read anything, especially the Hanafis anyway. And that is between the two sajdas. So when you go into the first sajda, you read something. When you sit in between, okay, I think that's probably one of the most neglected areas of salah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam didn't just sit silently in this position. He didn't just ignore it and he didn't rush it. There is something to read. And the dua which we've been taught to read at this time is so beautiful, it's so powerful, and it's life-changing. Your salah will be different from today onwards if you start reading this dua. Because there are such seven beautiful things Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this position, 
it, it will change your life. You look forward to salah. You look forward to salah. What is the dua? This is the dua to be read between the two sajdas. You go into the first sajda, then you sit up. What do most of us do? Nothing? We just stay silent and we go down again. There is a dua to be read and you read it in your fara'id, in your sunan, in your nafal, in all of your salah. Very beautiful dua. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfa'ni. Seven to heaven. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfa'ni. I'm going to tell you what it means in a moment and then you realize, wow, why have I not been reading it all this time? Now, those of you who already know this, some of you might be thinking, hang on a second, I know this, but I know it in a different way. There are many, many ahadith, many, many narrations, and these wording have come in different, some, in some hadith has been three, four, six, some have got seven. It doesn't, the scholars have said, it doesn't matter in which order you read these words. They are all in the hadith. These seven all appear in the hadith. So if you're already reading this dua in a different format, don't worry. You don't need to relearn it. Carry on reading the way you are. As long as you're reading these seven things in this dua, in this position. So you go into your sajda. When you sit up, you're going to read, Allahumma ghfirli. Oh Allah, please forgive my sins. Isn't that what we want the most? Okay, so imagine when you're sitting there, you won't be thinking about X, Y, and Z if you're saying and you know what it means. Oh Allah, Allahumma ghfirli. And even out of salah, if you end up committing a sin, you think, I can't wait to get to salah so I can ask for that forgiveness. Allahumma ghfirli. And then you're saying, Warhamni. Oh Allah, have mercy upon me. If it wasn't for Allah's mercy, would we be even breathing? Would we be here? We are in need of Allah's mercy 24 hours. So Allahumma ghfirli, oh Allah, forgive me. Warhamni. And have mercy upon me. Wa'afini. Oh Allah, grant me good health. At the moment, that is probably what we are praying for the most. Consciously in your salah, in every raka'ah, if you're saying, Wa'afini. Oh Allah, grant me good health. Then, Wahdini. Oh Allah, give me guidance. Guide me. Oh Allah, don't turn me away. Oh Allah, no shirk. Oh Allah, no kufr. No nifaq. No bid'ah. Oh Allah, don't take me away from tawheed. Keep me upon the Quran and the Sunnah until I die. Wahdini, oh Allah, keep guiding me. I want to die as a Muslim as well. So, Allahumma ghfirli, oh Allah, forgive me. Warhamni, have mercy upon me. Wa'afini, grant me good health. Then, Wahdini, guide me. Then, Wajburni. Wajburni means, you know, Jabbar, when you have a plaster, when you bro break your arm and you have a plaster over, over it, in Arabic we call this Jabira. And this, the Masail in the books of Fiqh of Al-Mashu Al-Jabira, when you make Masa over a plat because you can't remove it. So what you're saying to Allah, Ya Jabir Al-Azmi Al-Kaseer, oh, the, the one who fixes the broken bone, Jabir, Al-Jabr. Jabr means, oh Allah, fix me. Mend me. Oh Allah, my life is broken. I'm shattered into pieces. Oh Allah, I'm a mess. Oh Allah, please fix me up. Oh Allah, please mend me. Oh Allah, please rectify me. Oh Allah, I've got so many problems. I'm all over the place. Everything's scattered. Oh Allah, please bring me back together again. Wajburni, very powerful dua. And warzuqni, something we're all striving for. Oh Allah, please provide for me. Sustain me. Oh Allah, give me my risk. Don't make it difficult, make it easy for me. And the final one, warfa'ni, oh Allah, elevate me. You're not asking Allah to be arrogant. What you're asking over here is for self-respect. 
and everybody deserves this. Everybody wants their dignity. Everybody wants to be known in a good way. Nobody wants to be known in a bad way. There's nothing wrong with that. Warfani Allah, elevate me in dunya, elevate me in the akhirah as well. So this is a dua. Read with me. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfani. Again, Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini. Wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfa'ni. Once more, Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'afini, wahdini, warzuqni, wajburni, warfa'ni. Only seven words. These are the seven to heaven. So this is what we've realized that we want to focus on this particular area of salah. That was a solution. What's the plan now? You tell me, a realistic plan. How can we now bring this alive in a realistic way, gradually, so that when Ramadan comes, this area of salah is perfected? You tell me. What's the first step? First step is, if you don't know it already, learn it. Okay, I've asked Brother Adil to add it to the, the YouTube video, the chat that's there. So inshallah, you'll find it there. And if not, you'll find it elsewhere, inshallah. So the first step is to learn it. What's the second step? Okay, practice it, teach it to other people, revive it, keep reading it so you memorize it well. And now from today onwards or whenever, as soon as you've learned it, make an effort every single salah. When you sit between the two sajdas, read this dua or read as much of it. If you, if you manage to learn only half of it, read half of it. And if you don't know any of it yet, just read Allahumma ghfirli, the first part at least. And then start building from there. Everybody will do this inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability. You will see, once you start doing this, that your salah will be different. Number one, it won't be rushed. Because you're going to be... Now, there's two things here. There's no point if we're going to do the... Allah mafili warhamni wa'afini wa'adhin wa'azukni wa'ajburni wa'afani. That's not going to work. If we're going to do that, that's not going to work. Because we're already doing that in our salah, aren't we? Okay. Say it. Mean it, have focus. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, wa'af. Think what you're saying. Wahdini, warzuqni, wajiburni, warfani. Automatically, your salah will slow down. Automatically. Okay? And there are du'as to be read in all the parts of salah, not just this one. But we've started from here, inshallah. Make du'a Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the ability to practice. And we will see, inshallah, a remarkable difference in our salah, especially when we get to the holy month of Ramadan. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.